Hello everyone and welcome to uh, Session Zero. We are here today going to talk about a pretty beefy subject. Uh, as usual, I am Jason. Uh, I am joined today by my co-hosts as per usual, Gerald and Alicia. Hello! And we have a special What's guest up? today, uh, my wonderful wife and caster expert, uh, Chris. Hey, girl, hey! <laughs> Hello! Hi! <laughs> so, I hope you're ready for a ye old information dump. What were you calling this? Harry Potter and the intro to spellcasting? Yes. Yeah. Harry Potter and the Wonderful World of Spellcasting. Alicia, I know you were excited about spellcasting. How, how are you feeling right now knowing that it's just about to be a big info dump right in front of you? Like a dry sponge. I'm ready. <laughs> you know what? Out of context, all that's really awkward. You know what? Just, I'm ready to learn. Teach me things. Let's move on. I mean, in the Teeny. 90s, the term sponge meant, meant, you know, different things. So. It's it's okay. You can be a long, desolate coral reef. It's okay. Teeny. It's okay to be a dry sponge. Yeah, you know. I just want to soak up the information. are you interested in spellcasting? Um... <laughs> I mean, I played a black mage for a long time in Final Fantasy XI, so... Uh, so this could definitely be applicable. I yeah. I think it's cool. I'm not necessarily mm -hmm. planning on playing a spellcaster. Well, I mean, if I go paladin, they, they have some spells, but I don't know if it's... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, so... Uh, I don't think they have your traditional like cleric or uh, warlock or I don't know. Sorcerer. How do you remember what the yeah. other classes that cast spells are? Because we haven't gotten to the spellcasting class. Or did we? Yeah, I don't even sure. know. No, we didn't. Oh, okay. We, we, only did, we only did the physical classes okay. for the most part. Okay. I was like, wait, did, yeah, I, I, did, I, did I drink too much and forget a week? We... <laughs> We taught all our listeners how to body someone physically, but now we're going to teach them to do it from afar. So instead of giving your hugs up close, you're giving your hugs with something crispy and smelling of bacon. You know, I have yeah. just the joke for this. Um, what oh, no. Did you hear about Please the magic do. skillet? It's made of cast no. iron. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I love it. Just make sure, just, just make <laughs> That's sure you get season cut it. out of the show, right? Like the silence after that, you're just gonna he'll quicken it up. So it's just like no, the, the silence joke is staying in. I'm feeling pretty salty about that joke. <laughs> thank, thank you for sticking around. If you made it past that joke, all oh my listeners. gosh, We're... you guys act like I'm terrible. <laughs> I have heartburn. That's how bad that was. I'm a delight. All right. Yes, you are. Silence again. So, oh good, teach me. All right, I'm going to hand it over to Chris, and we're going to interject at every point possible, probably. Yes, please. Yes, please. Um, so, Alicia, I want to ask you, since you're specifically interested in spellcasting, um, what particular class were you looking to play? Um, I can't, I, I don't remember how to say it correctly. At the, um, it's the, the human that's, like, got some cleric in it. It's some, the uh, opposite of the demons. I can't remember. The, oh, the that's... Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's that's the race. But what class of oh, spellcaster? Have yes. you, like, looked at any of the classes yet? Yes. You know, like, cleric, ranger, you know, stuff like that. Um, Well, I was thinking along the lines because of that race, like, leaning towards cleric. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I don't know. So, I mean, I guess that's the really cool. That's the really cool part about stuff like um, ASMRs or stuff that's inherently magical. Like, you could theoretically play like a tiefling cleric of some light domain. You could play an ASMR of war domain clerics. You could play something that balances dark and light in this interesting little um, mixing pot 
Um, and you can really make a cool character out of that. Like, for example, um, the Tabaxi Cleric that I play in one of um, Jason and I's campaigns, um, I play them as like a sort of shamanic person, um, but they are inherently a light domain cleric. Um, and later on down the line, they're going to start picking up some sorcerer levels to really flesh out their um, different spells and give them a little bit more utility. Um, Hold on, can I can, uh, I can I just make one like suggestion? No. If Not you're going to play something called, can your ASMR like dabble in ASMR and just talk like this, guys? Um, do not make her play a bard. God I'm dang not, it. Uh, I'm not ready for that many puns. <laughs> uh, I have some about bards. Oh, boy. Oh, hold oh up. my oh, God. Hold if she played a bard, she would just be making, like, ASMR. You'd hear, like, soap cutting in the background and oh popcorn crunching. I might actually that, be here for that. that. That's a great character <laughs> idea. I'm not even going to lie. That's pretty but awesome. It has to be that race. Because as soon as you said ASMR, I'm like... <laughs> hey guys, this is me here. I'm just checking in on the DD podcast. How are you guys doing? What? Like, Why are you whispering? It tickles my you, ears. Stop it. Do you not know what ASMR, ASMR is? Oh, it took a second. I didn't hear the letters. Yeah, I, I know what that is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The ASMR, ASMR. Yep. Yes. Perfect. And they are what? What bard college are you going to be? The College of Whispers? Yes, has to be College of Whispers. Is that an actual college? For like, in yes. the game? Is that... Oh, you yes. made me so happy. Oh, this is the greatest thing ever. All right, you're done. Like, your character's done. You can you can That's leave it. the That's podcast. Um, we It's created. Like, it's, it's good for. I'm happy. Tea. <laughs> And your name is going to be Uinstatube Graham. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you made me cackle a little. I did it. I made a character. I love it. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Sorry. That's so, just, I, I just had to get that. Was that I'm a tangent? Sorry. I don't know. So, <laughs> that's, that's definitely So let's talk about spellcasting. It's, it's, actually, it's actually funny that um, Gerald brought up ASMR because there are... Funny enough, from ASMR, different components of it that you can pull into uh, spellcasting. Um, just to kind of give you your intro, um, spellcasting works in wonderful, mysterious ways in the world. There's um, different schools of magic. There's different types of magic. Um, you've got, like, for example, wizards, a lot of their magic is based off of different schools. You've got something like um, transmutation. That means you've got access to polymorph. You can turn your beautiful friend, who's really small, into a giant eagle, and they can fly into combat. Awesome. Um, you can have, um, you know, like buffs, utilities, and question mark, question mark, question mark spells. Like, hmm, I am all alone in the middle of the woods. Why don't I just summon my familiar? Boom. You suddenly have a raven perched on your shoulder. What? Um, I'm sorry. I yeah. didn't know that was a thing. If you... Yes, um, so some of the spellcasting classes get access to um, spells that basically give you a minute magical animal companion that you can use in um, certain spell classes to um, basically as a conduit. You can use it to um, cast a spell through. You can use it as a guide. You can use it as, if you don't have a rogue in your party, you can use them to fly through a fortress and you know maybe they get kaputted by an arrow but oh, oh, it's oh. more worth it to put your familiar in danger than it is to put yourself or a valuable party member not to say that the familiar isn't valuable but you can always bring your familiar back exactly oh okay that's so like yeah so let's say you had um let's say you had a cat named pumpkin um <laughs> you know where i pulled that from um, let's say you had a cat named Pumpkin, you were really attached to it, um, your best friend absolutely, like, your only, like, true possession in the world, and let's say it just happens to get caught in, you know, a ball of fire. You can bring Pumpkin back. Their soul exists, um, within the world. It just doesn't have a physical form if it happens to get kaput. Huh. So if you're looking at 
playing a wizard, wizards get access to the Find Familiar spell. Um, sorcerers also get access to the Find Familiar spell. I think even warlocks get access to the Find Familiar spell, if I remember correctly. I'm not sure, uh, but there's also a lot of other like summoning spells, too, which are all really cool. Like mm-hmm. You can summon an- uh, beasts, uh, elementals, fae, like... The list goes on and on. There's there's a spell for every situation. Basically, yeah. I mean, there's perfect example. Tosh's hideous laughter. You can make your enemy fall to their knees prone, um, laughing hysterically, and that gives your melee advantage. That gives... Um, it can be a detriment to your ranged, but if your ranged is smart, they'll use that opportunity to maybe get closer pop in maybe they're a ranger they've got some healing spells your melee's taking a couple hits you can boom 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 get some heals out and yeah really use a situation like that to your advantage yeah um so just to kind of condense everything down as much as i possibly can and not make it too much of an um, information load excuse me um spells have two different general types um we're looking at cantrips versus um, leveled spells, or you can even refer to them as spell slot spells. Um, Big differences are cantrips are considered freebies. Um, Basically, you can cast them when you want, whenever you want. You don't have to worry about gosh darn nothing. Um, Say you're in the middle of a dark forest and you are running pretty low on some of your spell slot spells. You got firebolt, which is an awesome cantrip. Um, it's one of the highest damage output dealing cantrips. You can basically light the whole forest on fire for free. Um, yeah, cantrips are pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alicia, you'll like this. A lot of the cantrips that you pick up early on, they scale with you as you level. So they'll do more damage mm-hmm. as you level up. Mm-hmm. And you rely on them a lot. Like, um... A big cantrip that gets a lot of attention, warlocks have a cantrip called Eldritch Blast, which, like, every warlock has, uh, and the thing with warlocks is you only have a very minuscule amount of spell slots to do, like, your big spells, so they have to fall back on Eldritch Blast a lot as their main source of damage. Oh yeah, and it basically turns you into a shark with laser beams because you've got this awesome melee component, but you're also really effective at range. Oh. And it basically comes that you've got, like, you can finger point at something and cast an Eldritch Blast, and in the same term, you can cast another Eldritch Blast. I'm not entirely sure what some of that was, but awesome. <laughs> no, that's that's cool. Um <laughs> Again, it's it's things I can definitely it's things I can pull up when we actually talk about the spellcasting classes. But there's it's it's like you said, I have no idea what any of that is. There's so much to it that if I had been like, okay, cantrips, leveled spells, components, um, spellcasting times, and then been like, and then here's all the classes, you would have been sitting there, like just completely blown away and unable to take any of it in. So cantrips don't. You could do whatever you want, basically. Basically, yeah. Uh, do they have like a casting time, or is it, or are they just all like one turn because they're immediate? Or do you, so does it even need to? Sorry, cantrip? it does like even need to be your turn. Like, say you're just in the middle of something. Like, oh, I just want to fucking do this. Um, so the cool thing about spells, um, most cantrips will be um, an action to cast, um, which if you're talking about um, combat, you have an action, a bonus action, and your movement. Um, there's different rules to all that stuff as well that definitely can convolute everything and have caused quite a few arguments and disagreements between D&D parties and uh, Redditors, as it were. Um, but most of your cantrips will end up being a full action on your turn, in combat, out of combat. It's just you do it, basically. When you guys are like um, traveling, I mean, I just want to do this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like think of think as an example, like using the firebolt thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys are not in combat and you're just walking around and you're 
want to explore a cave, you can have a torch and be like, well, my melee can sit there trying to light a flint and they can roleplay trying to light a flint. Or you can be like, haha, and just light it on fire mm-hmm. with your firebolt. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, if you kind of want to have a little sneak peek of what you're dealing with, you could theoretically throw the firebolt down into the cave and there you go. You've got that brief moment of illumination in the cave. Maybe there's spiders. Maybe there's something really unpleasant. Maybe there just happens to be a drum of old ale that's been left in there and you've basically created your own powder keg. And I, and you might have said this, and it may just be a stupid question, but is there like no cooldown for them in, say, your can like your adventuring as opposed to in battle? Like you could just do them back whenever you want. Oh yeah, um, I will say though that they don't, um, in most cases, tend to stack. There are definitely some circumstances where things will stack, where different effects will stack together. Um, but like, for example, um, if your party member is utilizing, um, the bless cantrip to give you a, um, D4 on some of your checks, they can't stack it so that instead of just rolling an additional D4 to maybe get a better score, you can't roll 2D4, you can't roll 3D4. It's just that one occurrence of bless. Um, and in a lot of cases, the spells will have a duration of how long they're affecting you. And they might even have a concentration component. Um, Concentration is maintaining your focus on the spell. Um, For example, if we're talking about, let's go back to polymorph. Um, If you've polymorphed your beautiful rogue friend into a giant eagle to drop them into combat, um, and you happen to get hit by something, you have to roll to maintain your concentration on the spell. If you do not roll high enough, your concentration on it drops, your friend is no longer a giant eagle. If you manage to succeed, beat the check, your friend remains an eagle, you maintain the concentration on the spell. Does that make sense to you guys? Vaguely? Yeah, I'm trying to think, like... I, I haven't looked that far... Well, I was looking at some of the spells, and for, like... And sorry if I'm, like, jumping ahead to stuff you were going to cover, but I'm trying to think of like buffs for your party like that mm-hmm. bards can use i assume they're that's what bards are for is you know buffing your party or you know weakening the buffing. The, the the enemy like so yeah. and i imagine buffing you go for it no 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 it's, so i'm just trying to I don't know. It's just, that's the one thing I was, I was like, at it like, oh, I wonder if you, like, are they, because, you know, in some of them, you can, like, apply the buffs, but then the bard is not able to do anything for, like, three turns, or some that, like, they'll do the buff, and then they can still do something on the next turn, but I guess that's just, I imagine there's various types, right? So, typically... Uh, your spells are all going to be one action. Um, at least the spells that you're doing in combat in those scenarios. So you'll cast a spell on this turn, and the next turn you can cast a different spell. Okay, even if that, like, the duration is three turns or a minute. Like, I don't know, like, how does time work? Because is there, like, a time component to it? Is it, like, turns (laughs) or minutes? Because I did look through, and it's like, well, this one's a minute. And I'm like, well... But that doesn't make sense if everything's by turns. Yeah, that's why spellcasting is kind of... uh, Spellcasting, talking about it now, is kind of also our intro into combat, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every turn in combat is six seconds. Oh, wow. So Uh, a minute's a long time. It's ten ten turns, turns. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, so theoretically, if you've got a spell that lasts a minute, it is lasting... 10 rounds of combat. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's 10 full cycles through um, my turn, Jay's turn, yeah. Alicia's yeah, turn, yeah, yeah. Gerald's turn, so it, the enemy's Essentially, turn. when it comes back to you, whenever your turn is, right? Exactly. exactly. That's, oh, wow. So the time, because I'm like, a minute doesn't seem like a long time, but I didn't know mm-hmm. that each turn was six seconds. That's, that's 10 turns in a minute. Yeah. 
wow, that's... Yeah, and in in a lot of cases, you're not going to run into a combat situation that's going to last that long, unless it's something like a boss battle. I don't run uh, into a lot of things that last a, a minute, don't worry. Oh, no. <laughs> what? Oh, no. Hey, we said PG-13, and I've already used our F word once, so <laughs> i got to say other things now. Dang it. Oh, I'm glad I haven't started cursing yet. <laughs> yet being the operative word here. Yeah, when I when I initially kind of broke down that I was going to talk about spellcasting with you guys to to Jay, I basically broke it down to spellcasting 101 and then I went through every bullet point that I had with progressively more curses added in to the point where the last like sentence was at least three F-bombs back to back to back. I respect that. You it's... throw F-bombs like <laughs> confetti. I dig it. You know, I it's, yeah, exactly. it's a very diverse word. It's like, it could be a verb, it could be a noun, it could be an adjective, it can be a lot of things. So it's... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the values of seen, curse words. That's what we've ever cut. seen. Have you ever seen the Boondock Saints? <laughs> yes. Oh, Where yes. Um, their buddy like says it, and then one of the buds is like, "Oh, it really shows the diversity of the word," and it's you know, it's like my favorite part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And if an- if anything, we can almost talk about curse words like spells. You have so many different I'll get it, variations curse. of the same word that can do the same oh, thing. Oh, nice. Way to play that in, Alicia. I like it. Mm-hmm. And spell slots can be like, we're PG-13, so we only get one F-bomb during this entire thing. Exactly. Which is our big spell. All right. And now it's gone. So Sorry, we're, out of, we're out of F-bomb Sorry, slots. guys, I said it early. <laughs> and it wasn't even, if you it wasn't have, even worthy. If you have two mages and they're, like, spell casting mm-hmm. each other, is that like a spelling bee? Mm-hmm. No, you're not even moving. You're just staring at me. <laughs> I'm trying to comprehend it in my brain. Can you ask? And I'm also trying to comprehend. Can you ask the judge to use it in a sentence? <laughs> Curse this conversation. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can't help the it. Word. I mean. Spellcasting! Yeah! Yay! So. You know, well, I'm totally enthralled with this conversation. It's like you've cast a spell on me. I just love it. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. I can dispel it with more dry material Ah! if you want. I love it. (laughs) Um, I wonder who's listening. Speaking of what can be considered dry material, um,. We talked about cantrips, and we've kind of sort of touched on spell slots, that it's basically your limited amount of curse words you're allowed to use in a single PG-13 podcast episode. Um, So those are spells with cost. Um, You have a limited number, but you can be looking at higher damage output. You can be looking at more utility spells. Um, Invisibility comes to mind. Um, Typically, it'll be more of your buff spells. Basically, all healing spells, with the exception of healing word, are going to be spell slot spells. So, if you're a bard, you have access to healing word, you have that little lovely tilt of, um, of healing that you have access to. Um, the higher the slot, the bigger the boom. What that means is you see that some of the spells, especially some of the damage spells, Um, they'll say, if you cast this at a certain level higher, you get more damage. A perfect example and a favorite is Fireball. Um, Fireball in particular at higher levels, um, it says in the text of the player's handbook, when you cast this spell using a spell slot of fourth level or higher, Fireball is a third level spell, the damage increases by 1d6 for each slot level above third. This spell itself normally does 8d6 fire damage on a failed save, half as much on a successful save. So, theoretically, if you want to throw everything into your boomstick and really load (laughs) up your fireball, you can do that. And you can make it a really beefy meteor of absolute melting. So would you say the fireball spell is well-rounded? 
not particularly. Um, it could be kind of square sometimes. Well, get it? It's a ball, so round, round. You know, it's not fun if I have to explain yeah, it. Yeah, I realized it afterward. <laughs> <sighs> see, see, usually I'm on. Usually I'm on the other side where I'm just letting them go, letting them go, letting it go. <laughs> and Jason is there, like ah. Uh, uh, uh. Today is the opposite. Yeah, because you're, you're focused on like getting your info dump out, and I get to sit back and just be like, "Ah, oh, that's a pun." <laughs> <laughs> eat it. Just eat it. <laughs> um, I promise I'm listening as well. Gonna, I promise. We're gonna start sending fire hockey pucks. <laughs> I mean, technically, you could do that with fire bolt. You could just do fire pucks instead of fire bolts. Fire footballs. Fire baseballs. Fire golf balls. Fire badmintons. Fire fire <laughs> yoga balls. They're, they're, oh, oh, I have one of those. Shuttle we cocks. saw. <laughs> <laughs> I specifically want my fireball to be in the shape of a yoga ball. I, I can't. I can't. Perfect. It somehow does 86 fire damage for a yoga ball sized ball of melting, but that's okay. It's fine. <laughs> um, so other things about spell slots, mm -hmm. um, just to lightly touch on it. Um, some of the spellcasting classes get these back easily. What that means is when you use your spell slots, they're done until you take either a short or a long rest. Um, but some classes, wizards and sorcerers come to mind, get their spell slots back much easier than some of the other casting classes. Um, another thing about spells, you'll notice that some of them have something called components. Um, basically every spell needs some kind of component um, broken down as VSM. Uh, verbal, needs you to talk. Somatic, it needs you to do jazz hands. Material, Ooh. it needs your stuff and it might take your stuff away from you permanently. What this means is that if you've got a spell like Resurrection, Resurrection requires a diamond of a certain gold cost in order to be able to use to bring back your favorite friend. That diamond is gone by the end of the by the end of the cast. So certain spells like that are a little bit more difficult to prepare for, but they're more rewarding. Um, Another awesome example is Hero's Feast, which is a perfect pre-combat buff spell, but it requires a gold chalice to be sacrificed for the spell. But you have an awesome meal, you know, basically like a buffet-style meal that buffs you for the next encounter. Yeah, it does a lot of fun things. Mm -hmm. It makes you uh, immune to poison, um, it gives you advantage on some saving throws, it does a lot of cool stuff for you. Yeah, it gives you temporary hit points, too. That, too. Which um, I'm pretty sure do also stack with temporary hit points given by other potential cool stuff given by some of your friends. Yep. They sure do. So I've been um, looking up spells, and a lot of them mm -hmm. seem like jokes. Like, like um, Dark Vision is a dried-up carrot. You eat carrots to see the dark? Yes. Like, what? They're making Absolutely. jokes. This was yeah. made for me. I am pumped. <laughs> yep, they got jokes. Yes! Yeah, a, uh, a funny one that I'm actually looking at here is um, Flame Strike requires a pinch of sulfur in order to be able to use. John. I am such a nerd. There are... I love you. Okay, I yay! You. Don't threaten me with a good time. I may not be a necromancer, but I can make some stuff rise. I'm sorry. Oh my Yeah, PG-13. I think I'm gonna need one to bring me back to life after that. I know! It was so bad! Cut it out! Cut it out! <laughs> Cut it out! Oh goodness. Um. I, like, whoever's listening to this right now... <laughs> I'm blushing. I am literally blushing. It's okay. It looks great on you. Oh, thank you. That's not helping. Alicia's blushing. 
I didn't say I was gonna help. No, <laughs> it's so warm in this room now. People can't even see me, and I'm embarrassed. <laughs> it's okay. I'll cool you off. Anyhow. <laughs> Jason, I'm hitting on your wife. I hope that's okay for the podcast. Uh, totally fine. It's acceptable. <laughs> I mean, are you going right, to use, totally use chill touch? Ooh. Yes. Absolutely. It's a necromancer spell, so hopefully not. <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10, um, you're a natural 20. I don't get that one. Oh man, I feel like a natural one though most of the time. <laughs> that means you rolled a twenty without any uh, okay. help. Like you literally rolled a twenty on exactly. the day. <laughs> oh, okay, now I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling jokes I don't get anymore. It's fine. Uh, <sighs> um, speaking of speaking of getting anymore, um, so a uh, cool thing about um spells that have material cost is some of the um, spellcasting classes, instead of needing to use materials, you can use a um, spellcasting focus. Um, in the case of clerics, this can be a holy symbol. In the case of um, sorcerers, this can be, um, it's referred to as an arcane focus. This can be a staff that you've channeled all your energy into. It can be, um, in the case of my sorcerer, it's a uh, sparkling, uh, glittering gem. Um, that's basically like a disco ball um, yes. that she holds in her hand to cast. Um, and what that does is it functions as your material components to a certain extent. If you're looking at casting a spell where the, um, the materials are consumed or there's a GP cost associated with it, you're unfortunately going to need those those diamonds. You're going to need you know whatever's being consumed by the spell. Your focus can't fulfill that. Um, like, as much as you would want to use your focus to cast Resurrection every single time you need to do it, you can't do that. You need the diamond, unfortunately. But it makes perfect sense. Alicia, how are you feeling? I'm a little overwhelmed, but I'm excited. Like, I just, I want to, I want to do stuff. I don't really know what that mm -hmm. means yet, but, like, let's do this. Let's yeah, start exactly. Game. And you know, coming from yeah, coming from like I in three point five never played a spellcaster. I absolutely refuse to play a spellcaster. You know, I'm like, nope, absolutely not. Um, like they broke down like all the different spell levels. They broke down cantrips. They broke down everything for me, and I still was like, absolutely not. Um, so I didn't end up playing a spellcaster until. Jason and I's first campaign together and I'm like I have so much power this is wonderful um it just it provides so much to a party like you don't have to have your party all built around melee you don't have to have it built around you know equal amounts of healing and damage you can have someone that's like a buffer and you can have someone that's a healer, and you can have like a well-rounded party without needing to have someone fulfilling every role. Um, you can have your cleric be the party face, and they're not normally considered to be very charismatic. Um, they're considered to be far more wise. They're considered to be, you know, more built for sustained situations. Um, but you could look at, you know, something like a warlock, which is your one of your charisma casters, and you can have them just be the absolute, like, death machine of your party that wants nothing to do with anyone, but provides so much of a beefy damage dealer to the party. So when I was first looking at spellcasters, I was kind of wary because I wasn't, I felt like they're not traditionally very strong. And I just kept thinking, like, I'm going to get killed immediately. Like, it's just, I'm going to die and be done with immediately. But you're making it sound like I could be excellent. And not like... Yes, absolutely. And even, even wizards, which are historically, like, one of the 
physically, in terms of HP, in terms of um, your armor class, um, those are generally considered your weaker characters. They have some of the highest versatility. They have the largest list of accessible spells. They have so much access to stuff, it's absolutely insane. Um, and they can be some of the highest damage dealing class of the spellcasting classes. And they have, as a fun little reaction, uh, there's a spell called Shield that boosts your AC. So something that all of a sudden might hit you if you react by using Shield, now it doesn't. Yeah. And if you want to make yourself beefy, but you don't want to dedicate yourself to a class, you could multi-class, and that's something that we could cover outside, but it's not something that you absolutely have to do to get full mileage out of a character. Um, one of uh, my favorite characters from Critical Role's Campaign 2 is a transmutation wizard, um, and he's he's still kicking, he's still trucking along, and they've gotten into the teens as far as their levels. And so, so you brought up the level. What... So when I looked at it, it's like second level spells, but that doesn't, does that mean when you turn level two or is there, cause it only goes up to ninth level. And I, you, I remember from one of the last uh, previous episodes, Jason said the highest level is 20. So is yeah, the, the highest level is 20. Uh, you actually start getting access to higher level spells at different levels. So it's not like when you hit second level, you get second level spells. Um, each of the casters, they have like a little chart that tells you uh, how many cantrips you know, uh, and then how many uh, spell slots per spell level that you have um, as you level up. So like, as a, since I'm on the wizard page, page as an example, at first level, you know three cantrips and two first level spells. Second level, you know, three cantrips and three first level spells. Um, by like, let's say, sixth level, you have four cantrips, four first level spells, three second level spells, and three third level spells. Mm -hmm. Typically, you don't see your big ninth level spell until level 17. So, yeah. essentially, two levels per level. I mean, roughly, like, yeah, roughly. Because at four, you get some to three, uh, so... Actually, exactly that. Like, looking at the chart, every two levels, you get a new level of spell okay. slots, from what I'm looking at here. Yeah. Depending on the wizard. class. Most of the caster classes, they have spell slots up to nine. I think bards have, a, bards have until five, do they? I think bards actually have higher because they're inherently a spellcasting class. Oh, yeah, I think, class, but... I, I think bards do have till nine. Uh, it's paladins and rangers that only go up to five. And uh, technically warlocks, though warlocks fall under different spell um, they're, casting mechanics because yeah, they're, they're packed they're, magic. Their rules are a little weird. Yeah, so basically they're a revolver that somehow gets additional barrels at later levels, but they can only do that once. And it's basically their, like, their double-gauge barrel. And they have three of them, one for each of those different um, spell levels. Which is really weird, but warlocks are a lot of fun. And they're really cool and really versatile. Really freaking versatile. Oh, goodness. Great. Sorry, my cat just jumped on something that scared the life out of me. <laughs> oh. Um, Little kitty. But yeah, so... Warlocks technically get up to 5th level. Um, Rangers fall into the same bracket, but they their spell levels end at 5th, and Paladins fall under that same bracket. All of the other spellcasters get access to 5th up to ninth. And then... Um, so for, like, your attacks... Um, I guess, like, your attacking mm -hmm. spells... Um, this says something about line of sight is that mm -hmm. can you like kind of explain that or I don't know I, I read something so about line of sight with spells so in in combat so there are some spells that you have to be able to physically see your target and they have to be in your line of sight so if you were to look 
at a battle map as an example uh there could be like buildings that they're hiding in so if they are tucked inside a building and you can't see them you can't use that spell just like if you were trying to fire with a bow and arrow you can't fire through the wall same thing okay and there are like are there like area of effect spells where say it covers i don't know a 10 by 10 square on the map i don't know that's that sounds huge i don't know how the, the squares themselves work but yeah yeah absolutely there's a lot of spells that are area of effect spells uh that take up uh like a, there's a couple spells i can't remember offhand but have like a radius of like 10 feet or a radius mm-hmm. of like 30 okay. feet so yeah. they can be pretty beefy sized spells yeah, sometimes it's a line, sometimes it's a cone. Um, Thunder Wave is a perfect example where it's a 15-foot cone. Um, but then you've also got, um, you've got like some of the wall spells, like Wall of Fire. You can create a 50-foot wall that snakes in a specific direction, um, and you can turn one side of it hot, the other side of it cold. You stay on the cold side, your enemies stay on the hot side. Alternatively, you can turn it into a cylinder that encircles your party, so let's say you're in a situation where you're surrounded by enemies and your cleric's like, I got something. And then, boom, wall of fire. They can turn the fire side on the outside. You guys can stay on the inside, kind of start focusing on some healing, kind of start focusing on, you know, if things start to get through the wall. But that way, you know, your enemies are getting cooked while you're staying safe. And alternatively, if you want to cook something in the cylinder, well, you can turn the hot side in. And just trap something in this, um, basically this rotisserie, this rotisserie setup you got. So it sounds like, so Um, so if you want to be like a casting class, there's definitely a lot of mm -hmm. looking ahead that you want to do, right? You don't just want to like pick a warlock or a cleric based on just the actual write-up of them, right? Like, you have to... I mean, I guess it depends on your campaign, but they're gonna... It all depends on your campaign, and it also depends on what you feel like playing. Mm -hmm. Like I said in previous episodes, for your first game, play what you want to play, and talk to your fellow players, and talk to your Mm -hmm. DM to help you figure out, like, maybe what should be best in terms of like spells to take or something like that Mm -hmm. but uh play what you want to play play what you're gonna have fun with because the last thing that you want is to you know pick a class because you think it's going to be the most useful but then you hate playing it absolutely yeah um like a perfect example is um the first campaign that jason and i were in together we had no healer besides our bard and that's not a healer class that is a buff that is a debuff that is a utility class that is a damage class they do not have the healing output of say a cleric or even a druid because druids have more access to healing spells um and even our ranger wasn't keen on using healing spells unless they absolutely had to um so like but we still had a blast and we absolutely loved it and some of those basically life or death situations ended up becoming some of the funniest like for example him having to outrun a wyvern carrying my dead body um more or less I did come back out of a very lucky role very lucky role um but like we didn't have a healer really we just we went through the punches and we rocked it um that's actually one of the campaigns that we often fall back on for just some of our general frames of reference and for some of our favorite characters because that's the character that uh, Jason has referenced previously, um, Bryk, my dragon sorcerer, um, who's just this wonderful draconologist tiefling um, that just wants to explore the world and find dragons and explore the magic of the world. Cool. Cool. I mean, yeah, there's just so much. Like, it has its own chapter. And then there's sub-chapters. Yeah, exactly. And then there's its own chapter on just casting spells alone. And then there's chapters on the spells themselves. And it's just... There's a lot to it. So it's definitely something that and, requires yeah. research before just... 
taking it on. Yeah, absolutely. And um, there's nuances to spell casting that I definitely won't overload on this episode, but it's like different combat kind of oriented things. And that's things that can just come up in when you talk about combat. It's um, you referring to Jason. It's that's time that you can dedicate to being like, so spellcasters operate differently than melee. You can choose to hit the enemy or you can choose to cast a spell on the enemy. I will tell you which one will generally be better for the most part, but your turn might have a different setup to it than, say, your fighter. Um, then, say, even your warlock or your paladin, you might have a different setup to your turn. Cool. But honestly, like, I took a leap into playing casters, and I love playing casters now. The last couple campaigns, you've been a caster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, uh, my Draconic Ancestry Sorcerer, which is an awesome sorcerer line um, to lightly dip into it. Um, you basically take on Draconic features of a specific dragon color. Um, you get resistant to that dragon's damage type. Um, you get wings at 14th level. You get this awesome ability um, further down the line where you can basically cast that dragon's presence and frighten things, which is not a very common condition to fall under. Um, and most creatures do not have an immunity to it. Except for dragons. But <laughs> is dragons. Why not? <laughs> Um, but then we've got, like, my, um, Tabaxi Cleric from our recent campaign, um, and he ends up doing far more damage than actually healing, um, and clerics get awesome divinity stuff, um, like, for example, being a light cleric, um, I get this awesome ability to basically channel around myself a pillar of light that does radiant damage, um, to anything standing in that pillar of light that's an enemy to me. So in addition to spells, some of the spellcasters might have some other cool stuff like that. So there you kind of have it in... Very short form. <laughs> as short as we could muster <laughs> uh, the basics of spellcasting. Uh, we didn't even talk about like the individual classes. We'll work on that next week. Mm -hmm. and it's a lot to take in how are you feeling guys a little overwhelmed because there's just just so much to it like just yeah there's just a lot and it's every spell you kind of have to strategize what what you're going to cast when you're going to cast it so it's a lot they're far like it seems most of the spell casters are far more versatile than your direct damage dealers and they take a little bit more uh thought uh you need to think things through a little bit more mm -hmm. it seems mm -hmm. absolutely but i feel like there's a lot of fun in that. Yeah. And I will say this, especially for like the role playing stuff outside of combat, I feel like casters have way more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like being able to, uh, as an example, use a spell called Thaumaturgy to blow open all the windows in a bar and make a huge ruckus. Like, that's one thing. Or alternatively, you can use. Um, if you're bard, you can use something like Big B's hand to basically Kool-Aid man through a wall if you wanted to. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, and spellcasting is definitely overwhelming. I don't want it to feel unapproachable to you guys whatsoever. Um, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in and, like... Just the fact that, like, the whole back half of the damn player's handbook is basically spells and spellcasting. <laughs> what the hell? And they keep adding spells all the time. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, earlier this week, a source book came out uh, for everyone who's listening called Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. 
that added another like 40 or 50 some spells. Mm -hmm. Like just to kind of give you an idea, like the spells alone in the player's handbook go from page 207 and end at page 289. And that's just in the spells that are listed back here. It's not even like any of the other magical effects that you can run into, sorry. I forgot there's a spell called Magic Mouth. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that sounds dirty. <laughs> it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's actually not. It's actually not. It's, uh... Let me, just, let me just read it out to you. It's actually considered a ritual spell. Um, ritual spells are only spells you can do outside of combat. Just to throw that out there. Um... But it's basically like you would plant a message within an object in range, um, a message that is uttered when a trigger condition is met, um, blah, 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 choose an object, speak the message, must be 25 lurch or less. It's basically sending. It's Twitter. It's Twitter. It's Twitter. But object Twitter. Yeah. And you're, you're basically holding the phone and you have to pass the phone to the person that you want to receive the tweet. Pretty much. It's kind of neat. <laughs> okay. I love, I love how it refers to that. I've never honestly seen that spell used. A spell called Otto's Irresistible Dance. <laughs> I like to. You can't see it now, but I'm doing jazz hands. Yeah, there's a, so many fun spells. All right, yeah, we. This is definitely so far our longest episode, everyone. Uh, thanks for sticking through it all the way to the end. We know this is a lot of info, but we still have more casting stuff to talk about next week. Thankfully, it's just the classes this time. All right, we'll see you then.